0: A day, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.04 p.m. on this Friday, November 9th, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. Great to have you with us today. If you're just tuning in, this is the first of two hours of live local talk and variety programming. Where we hope to entertain you Somewhat Inform you, educate you, and edify you In your Christian walk, build you up Give you a nice little alternative On a Friday afternoon No bad news here No bad news We're gonna just try and uh, uh, Make make your life A little lighter this afternoon So glad to have you with us today Here on 88.1 FM Maybe you're listening in your car as you're running errands or heading home from work, on your way to a sporting event, getting the kids from school, or maybe you're one of those less fortunate people on your way into work. Hey, we got your back here on Live Till 5. Just stay tuned. We'll try and cheer you up. Kids, if you're stuck in the car, mom and dad will be out shortly. Just keep listening. Hopefully this will be entertaining for you. Maybe you're listening at your desk khmg.org khmg.org you can listen to our radio a beautiful crystal clear stream of our broadcast but over the internet so you don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore you can also download the podcast of this show and many other great shows that we produce here at 88.1 FM KHMG just go to khmg.org and look at the podcast there and download This one and others, we have a whole library of resources there you can download for your own edification. Check us out there. Let us know you're listening. You can email us through our website, khmg.org, or even better, through social media. For example, we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. The way most people get a hold of us is through Facebook, however, especially Facebook Messenger, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Look us up. Give us a little... Subscribe, you know, just follow us there. Give us a little thumbs up when we post things that you like and you'll be notified if you're following us anytime we upload something new to our page, new resources, uh, links to neat content. For example, this last week, my own parents, their shortened version of their unshackled testimonies, one one of our little segments here on KHMG is called free indeed. It's a little two-minute shortened version of someone's transformational story, how they came to Christ. And both of my parents' stories were on there, and that's internationally syndicated. So that it was really neat to hear my uh, uh, actor telling my parents' story in first person. That was really neat. It was two days, one day for my mom and one day for my dad. And we linked those to our Facebook page. So you can go to Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook, and you can see the links there, and you can download those, share them with others, and we appreciate your feedback. We we love to hear from you. Now, it is November 9th, Friday, November 9th, 3.08 p.m. If you're listening to the live broadcast, if you ever miss part of the show, by the way, you can tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it. So if you're listening on Saturday, noon to 2, or Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m., you're listening to the rebroadcast, because this is live on Friday afternoon, and it is 3.08 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Some things that happened this week. It was election day this week, right? Hopefully you had your chance to vote and exercise your, your freedom to choose, or at least put in your vote as to who might be the leaders here. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a week when it comes to elections, not only here on Guam, but all around the world. Wednesday the 7th would have been Billy Graham's 100th birthday. Pretty amazing. Thursday was Cappuccino Day um, all around America, so Cappuccino Day was Thursday. Today is called World Freedom Day among other things. And then Sunday is going to be Veterans Day, and I'm going to talk a lot more about veterans, but according to the stats here, 16.1 million living veterans served during the last uh, at least one war. Two million veterans are women, and of the 16 million Americans who served during World War II, nearly 558,000 are still alive. I'm going to talk a little more about Veterans Day things. That's really the theme of our show today is Veterans and Veterans Day. We're also going to talk about Orphan Sunday. This Sunday is an observance all across America where churches uh, focus on the needs of modern day orphans and foster care, and I'm going to give some stats related to that. But right now, we're going to talk about what's happening in November. I have this list in front of me provided by Bob the Librarian slash Registrar slash All Around Great Guy. Bob, thank you for every month providing this content. The month of November is uh, Manatee Awareness. Let's see here. Family Caregivers Month. National Fragrance Month. Georgia Pecan or Georgia Pecan or Georgia Pecan Month, depending on where you're from. Healthy Skin, Home Care. Uh, Let's see. Inspirational Role Model Month. I saw a lot of inspirational role models today over at John F. Kennedy High School with their junior ROTC program. Going to have a few of them here on the air in just a little bit for an interview. Long-term care awareness, marrow awareness, medical science liaison awareness, memoir writing, Military Family Month, Native American Heritage Month, just to name a few things that are happening this month. This week, National Donor Sabbath is uh, the 9th through the 11th. National Hunger and Homeless Awareness Week is the 10th through the 18th. It's actually a nine-day observance. Geography Awareness, 11th through the 17th. Nurse Practitioners, the 11th through the 17th. Young Readers Week. Uh, uh, Let's see here. National Bible Week is this week. Fraud Awareness, Split Pea Soup. Snow Care for Troops Awareness. World Kindness, American Education. Book Awards Week and Global Entrepreneurship Week—all those are happening this week. And today is uh, let's see here, Crystal Knocked. It's also uh, World Adoption Day and World Freedom Day. Tomorrow, the tenth, Code Day, Domino Day, Forget Me Not Day, International Accounting Day, National Vanilla Cupcake Day. I don't know if I've ever celebrated that, but I would be willing to try. If someone would celebrate with me, Sesame Street Day, United States Marine Corps Birthday, World Science Day for Peace and Development, all on the 10th. Of course, the 11th is Armistice Day. It's a Bonza Butler Day. What's Bonza Butler? you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's a day where the month and the day numerically correspond. Bonza Butler. There used to be bodacious... Bonsa bottler days, but there are no more of those since we don't have any more, uh, we, since we passed 2012, there's no more bodacious Bonsa bottler days. Uh, let's see here. International day for the persecuted church is Sunday. National Sunday day, that's S-U-N-D-A-E, that's like an ice cream dessert. Veteran-owned business anniversary day, Veterans Day, and World Origami Day. The 12th Is the American fancy rat and mouse day. I remember, I vaguely remember having a rant about this last year. So I'm not gonna say more about it. But no, I'm not, I'm just not even gonna bring it up. Chicken soup for the soul day. If you're not celebrating the AFRMA fancy rat and mouse day. That's enough said. National Pizza with Everything Day, except anchovies. Veterans Day observed. In the U.S., World Orphans Day and World Pneumonia Day. The 13th, Actors Day, National Indian Pudding Day, Mom and Dad's Day, Young Readers Day, Parents Day, and World Kindness Day. The 14th, Girl Scouts, uh, no, Girls Day, not Girl Scouts Day, Loosen Up, Lighten Up, American Teddy Bear Day, Educational Support Professionals Day, Guacamole Day on the 14th, Pickle Day, and World Diabetics Day. The 15th. America Recycles Day, American Enterprise Day, Children's Grief Awareness Day. Uh, let's see here. The Great American Smokeout, I Love to Write Day, Bunt Day, B U N D T. That's that round cake, has a very unique shape, kind of a hole in the middle. Let me just say, I think the Bunt is going to come back. I'm predicting the Bunt will have a strong comeback in 2019. National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day, Philanthropy Day, Raisin Bran Cereal Day, Pack Your Mom's Lunch, mm. uh, wear your moccasins to work day, Use Less Stuff Day, Pancreatic Cancer Day, and World Philosophy Days on the 15th. Those are all things that are happening this month, this week, and these days of the week uh, coming up in this next few days. These are observances that we're going to have. And... uh We have a great show for you in store today. Glad you could be with us. It is episode 289, which makes it November 9th, 3.15 p.m. here in the studio at KHMG. And uh, we have some fun stuff to talk about today. Today we have some young, inspiring leaders from the Junior ROTC program at John F. Kennedy High School. First time I've been able to interview these guys on the show. But let me just say... As a precursor, you want to make sure during the next break that you go and take care of whatever you need to take care of so you can be right back by the radio because these guys are great. I was able to attend an event today. There are probably 250 young men and women dressed in their Air Force ROTC uniforms, and uh, they just look great in their dress blues. And there were veterans from all different eras, Vietnam vets, Purple Heart vets. I even met a Gold Star family. I'm going to talk about that later in the show as well. And it was just a great day, great observance, and really admire the, the, really the patriotism over there at John F. Kennedy High School. So I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, a little more live till five, interviewing these JROTC young men and women, plus going to be talking about some Stranger Than Fiction, Veterans Day observances, and in the second hour, talking about World Orphan Day and uh, Orphan Awareness. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Friday, November ninth, three sixteen PM here at the KHMG studios. Be right back after this break. with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin it's friday november 9th three twenty-two p.m here at the kmg studios if you're just tuning in this is live till five our 289th episode two hours every friday afternoon live local talk and variety programming where we hope to entertain you inform you edify you just make it an all-around good friday afternoon alternative for you and we have a couple big things happening today um Three big things, I guess. Uh, Three big things named Agnes, Precious, and Daryl. I guess they're not that big. You guys are (laughs) kind of medium-sized. But uh, welcome to Live Till Five. Daryl, we'll start with you. We'll go from my right to my left. Uh, Daryl, why don't you introduce yourself, say your rank, and how long you've been in the Junior ROTC. Good afternoon, Guam. My name is
1: Cadet First Lieutenant Daryl Hoyt. I've been in Junior ROTC at John F. Kennedy High School for about three years
0: that's great what year of school are you in right now
1: I am currently a junior
0: you're a junior so it's a whole high school commitment for you started your freshman year yes all right excellent okay precious introduce yourself
2: half a day everyone my name is Cadet second Lieutenant Morales precious and I've been in junior ROTC for about three years so I also started my
3: freshman year
0: awesome yeah. great okay and then Agnes
3: hello I'm Agnes Choi I'm Cadet Second Lieutenant Agnes Troy. I've been in the Junior ROTC program for about three years, and I started my freshman year.
0: Okay, so you're all three in the same class. You've yes. all been in it about the same length of time. So uh, so let, let me just ask you guys, first off, someone needs to explain to our listening audience that might not know, what is the Junior ROTC? What does that mean?
2: So the Junior ROTC means Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps Cadet. So. It's a group of um high school students that want that um that decided to join the mil- the military program like the ROTC program in JFK and um we really focus on the core values of JFK of the um junior ROTC which is integrity first service before self and excellence in all we do and we also focus on helping our community in everything that we can so. We really focus on
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Well, those uh, three core values are the same values that I had to learn when I was 18 years old and I joined the United States Air Force. Integrity first, service force before self, and excellence in all we do. So they kind of drill that into young. And uh, so the the students that participate in junior ROTC have a chance or an opportunity to pursue military officer career but they're not required to, but a lot of them are yes. interested in that, right?
2: Yes. So most of um, the people joining the ROTC, be- maybe because they're interested or they really want to join the military after high school, or it's just for a learning experience, or maybe, you know, their parents told them to. <laughs> yeah, hmm, maybe.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, let me ask each of you Why did you personally get involved? And then what do you like best about being involved in ROTC? So let's start with you, Daryl. Why did you get into JROTC? Like, did you have family members that had done it before or something like that? Or why did you get into it and what have have you enjoyed about it the most?
1: Um, (laughs) I joined ROTC in my freshman year. I was taking a math placement test and then they had a sign-up sheet to... Join ROTC, then I signed up and got in. Um, My favorite part about JROTC is working with other people and learning.
0: Well, I saw you in action today. So you spoke in front of, you must have 250 cadets in your program? Yes, around, yes. Okay, because I was trying to count it out by flight there, and then... Uh, Daryl spoke in front of everyone today, kind of helping be the MC master yes. of ceremonies for the whole event um, you're obviously learning some communication skills and some responsibility planning events and things like that. Yes, yeah, awesome okay so let 's go over to Agnes now. Agnes, why did you how did you get into ROTC and and what's your favorite part about it?
3: Okay, so first, my brother joined ROTC because my dad forced him to but he was an athlete, so he didn't want to join the ROTC program. But after he joined his first year, he got more experience. And since then, my dad said, you should join ROTC. Because my sister also joined ROTC, and that made me want to join. And since then, my brother and my sister were in a leadership position. And my dad said, if I joined too, I could possibly get that position. So I joined my freshman year, and I tried my best. And then sophomore year, I got into a leadership position. And the best thing about being in ROTC is that you meet new people and you learn new things. And especially, you get to know how the military will actually work in the future.
0: Yeah, excellent. Okay, Precious, how did you get into it and what do you enjoy about it?
3: Um, I don't really know how I got into it. I just know that
2: I'm interested about joining the junior ROTC. So then I signed up back in my middle school year for pre-registration, and then um, I'm just so thrilled about it. Like, I just look forward to joining Junior ROTC without me knowing what's, you know, what's there, what's really there. So I did join, and then um, by my sophomore year, I was given a leadership position. Um, I was a public affairs officer, and this year I'm a historian. And the best thing that I really um, enjoy about Junior ROTC is, like, the op- the like opportunities are there there's so many of them and the learning experience from um, other people you you collab with and also how the military um, how it really works like my instructors really um, teach us how um, the military works their their job there and it's like helping us to practice if ever we go to the military or in the real life situation
0: of you know Absolutely. Well, those are great lessons. And you would hope that every high school student would learn those kind of lessons, but a lot of them don't. They don't get involved in something that's going to push them outside their comfort zone to yeah. take – leader. you all mentioned leadership positions. People don't realize that that is something you really do need to get some experience at to be a young leader because eventually – You know, unless you're going to be just only working for yourself. But even then, let's say you have a family. You need to know how to lead your family. You need to know how to lead people that maybe you're in a, a, you know, a a soccer team with or whatever. But in the business world and the military world, leadership is very important. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, Daryl? what kind of time commitment does JROTC require, like on a weekly basis, would you say?
1: Um, JROTC requires a lot of time commitment because, like, after school, you would stay back to do your department work. You would help out to do color guard.
0: Do drills and stuff like Drill. that, yeah. How many days a week? Every day?
1: Depends what you do. If if you're really helping cadet, then you would stay back a lot almost every day.
0: Mm-hmm. And then is there any weekend commitment or anything like that? You guys can speak um, up too.
2: When we do help with the community, when um when we voluntarily help with um like 5Ks, um anything involving the community, we we help on our weekends too. Yeah,
0: your own your yeah. own time. It's not just yeah. class time. It's really mm-hmm. after hours, weekends, things like that. Um is there what would you say most of the students that are in the JROTC program, do you think most of them will go into the military or is it not all, you know, less than half? What do you think Agnes, how many of those people do you think are going to go in the military?
3: So right now there's, do you know how there's first years that's the freshmen? So there's probably about 64, mm-hmm. 64 of them. And as they go up, it's not a guarantee you get chosen to go up. Mm. So the more you go up, the better chance of you going into the military. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And then are there college scholarships or something available? Is that one of the incentives?
3: Um, so, yes, yes, actually.
2: So I heard that once you complete at least three years of junior ROTC, it's kind of guaranteed that once you go to the active duty, you get to be an E2? E3? Yeah. E3. yeah, E3. E3? 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 Airman, yeah. First class. Yeah, airman first class or... Um, <laughs> For other, for other branches, I might not know about the other branches. And then for college scholarships, I think for ROTC, I think um, they will pay you to be an officer and you know pay for your stuff at school if you do apply for a scholarship. But I'm, I am aware that there are um, ROTC scholarships yeah, for college. Yeah,
0: I, I believe yes. that it does open the doors for you to apply for college ROTC, right? Because the... You know they know that you've already been yeah. through the program, and, and so you probably advantage. get preference. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we had a
1: yeah, background. good background. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure background.
0: exactly. You've already had the the all the check boxes mm-hmm. that that really help with that. Um, and when I was in basic training as an enlisted guy, we had two guys in our flight. One guy had been uh, made it all the way to, I don't know, oh five or 06 oh six wow. in the in the JROTC, like a state level position, yeah. and um and he got. He not only did he get to go out of basic training, he got E three immediately. Yeah. But his basic training was also shortened. I don't know if they still do that or not. But basically, he only had to do instead of six weeks, he only did like three or four weeks. Oh wow! Because there's (laughs) they it's basically an accelerated. So I'm not sure if they still offer the same thing. But I was in during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and um, Mm -hmm. and that was something they so they put them in the accelerated program, and they were able to. Get through a lot quicker, and they were just more confident. They came into basic training; oh, yeah. they kind of already because, knew yeah. a lot they of.
2: They had a the knowledge, or exactly, knowledge
0: to exactly. It. So yeah. they were really prepped for it. So um, now, when you look at uh, JROTC, let's say we have maybe some parents listening and they're thinking, "Oh boy, I'd <laughs> like my my student to get involved in that." Um, how do you get involved? Obviously, your school needs to have a program, and yes. they have to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are there other ROTC programs on Guam besides just JFK? Yes. Yes. What wh- what other schools have it?
2: Um, Okuru has Marine Corps, Guam High has Navy,
3: and FD has Navy. Navy.
1: Yes. Okay. GW has Army. Mm-hmm. And also Southern, Southern has, Army. has. Army. And then
0: okay. Tizen
2: has Air Force. Yes. Really? Okay. So they just opened actually recently. Wow. So okay. It's a new program this for Tizen High School. school yeah.
1: year. Do you
0: guys um compete with other ROTC programs for you know local oh, competition or anything? Yes.
2: Um, we actually did. Back in October, like early October, yes. uh, we had an FD field meet. So it's basically all island, all island JRTC field meet where we compete with sports and academics. Neat. Yeah, and we actually won third place for, for academics, academics and first place for tug of war, and first place for um, flag football.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I saw a few of your <laughs> cadets, and you got one of the biggest cadets I've ever seen. So if he was helping you with a tug of war, <laughs> yes, he
4: was, he was he a big sure guy. He was helping. Uh,
0: so, okay. Well, I really admire that you guys are involved in this. Now, um, you each, obviously, you have your, your dress blues on. What are the the ropes? So um, in active duty, when I was in the training training command, uh, the ropes uh, represented student leadership, right? Yes. So what yes. is that what these represent as well?
3: Yes. So my own is the green cord. So this is a director's position. So I am currently a di- finance director and I handle all funds.
0: Wow, that's a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah, she okay. Is. And then you both have white and green.
2: Yes. Um I have white and green. That means I'm under some I'm under someone um
0: under a department.
2: Yeah, I'm under a department. So I'm a historian under communications department.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. And Daryl, what about you?
1: And I also have a White and Green cord. Um I'm under the personnel department. My job is called OIC Wings, Officer in Charge of Wings. Basically, I take care of updating and putting new cadets onto an Air Force website and basically making sure all the cadets' are profiles like, yeah, are yeah, yeah, Yes. So it's
0: updated. an admin job, really. You're yeah. You're trying yes. to keep the administration. It's very important, I mean, to keep things straight. Um and now uh, I've always had a question about cadets. Where do you get your uniforms from? I mean, do you go on base, you order them online where Where do you get your uniforms?
3: So we get it from the logistics department they They handle all uniforms, shoes, yeah, belts and almost everything that requires... Do the like, cadets have 10. to buy them?
0: No. no. It's no. all free. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's the
2: benefit of joining the... Just one of the benefits, one of the many benefits. Nice.
0: Nice. Now, when it comes to like the esprit de corps you have with your fellow cadets, what do you guys do to build that teamwork or that esprit de corps? What type of activities do you do?
2: So for each flight, they do their own they usually bond every um every pt day their physical training day and we also have um you know the activities that we have outside of school and inside of school that ha- um that gives us the the time the chance to bond with each other get to know each other and also we have flight bondings like that will occur later on in the year where we just you know hang out and you know, do a lot of fun stuff.
1: Physical
0: activities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I guess that kinda of promotes what you're already trying to do, build the teamwork but also keep people fit and things yes. like that. Yeah. Daryl, do you guys have a space? Like so I was just um, one of my roles here is I go and recruit at college uh colleges to recruit teachers to come back and work here on Guam. And I was just at a college that had an army ROTC program and they had their own separate space that was like the ROTC classroom yeah. And their their officer in charge of the R O T C that was kinda like his yeah. his HQ. Do you guys have something like that on campus?
3: Yes. We have um, like a building for
0: just call it the ROTC Building. The ROTC yeah, building
3: Because <laughs> we want to take the whole building. Right now we have I think four of them. Yeah. And there's four two rooms. more yes. there's two more classes that are currently used by social studies <laughs> teachers.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But uh, we hope to take over them someday.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> so well, I, it's know. the
3: ROTC building.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah. okay. Now, um, do you feel like, l- let me ask you, Agnes, do you feel like being in ROTC, are you held to a higher standard, um, uh, you know, either literally or just by positive peer pressure because because you're wearing the uniform, because you're representing ROTC? Are you held to a little higher standard as a student than if you were just a civilian student and
3: uh, I feel like the admin, they think high of us, so we do our best to stay up, like, at a high maintain level. Maintain a high standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. you have to, I mean, obviously, you 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 have to maintain, maintain. all the grooming standards yeah. already. They and
2: look then up to us. Maintain and
1: self-discipline.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, all your, the all the things you're learning right now, if you do pursue a military career, you know, the yes. military bearing and things. Is it, is it, uh possible to be involved in junior ROTC and other programs let's say you play a sport or something like that do you
3: <laughs> oh I'm currently in a lot of clubs okay so I'm in a close-up club that's for like politics Close-up okay. organization close-up yep. organization and I'm also the class of 2020 historian and I'm a ROTC mm-hmm. director and also I'm in the I'm taking pictures for yearbook club. Okay. And, yeah. So you so have to like, juggle a lot of different schedules. <laughs> like, and then yeah. we have AP classes. Oh, yeah, so it's sure. Like, it's pretty <laughs> hard, cool. but it's, like, time managing, so you have to know how to manage your time.
2: Right,
4: right, yeah. right. Yeah, it
3: teaches us how to manage our time, especially yeah. it's junior
2: year, and, you know, everyone says it's the hardest year. Well, of course, it sure is the hardest year. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what they're, uh, I think... By allowing you to be involved in so many different things, they, my friends that have, I was an enlisted guy, but I have many friends who are Air Force officers, been through the academy or just been, uh, through bootstrap programs, things like that. But they had to, balancing the, the, uh, pressures of all the different time requirements is one of the hardest things they say in, um, OTC or, uh, uh, Basic training for officers, whatever they call that, I yeah. forget. But um, because they put more on you than you mm-hmm. can possibly get done, and you have to prioritize and balance and not freak out yes. in the whole process. so, <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, guys, uh, uh, be- before we wrap this up, um, how much work was it to pull off that event today? I mean, you had a lot of people there, and everything, I mean, as a as a spectator – Everything went off so well. I mean, from the military bearing of the cadets to just the organization of everything, the the hospitality that the students showed, the cadets showed as we arrived, everything was very organized. Um, How long have you guys been putting time into getting this event organized?
2: Um, I have heard that we, I mean, I know that we have been starting um, getting stuff done two months ago. So we started sending out, sending out letters to the veterans organizations 2 months ago and we so it's been a yearly thing so we know um what we need to improve what we need to maintain and since there are first year cadets that are new to the program so they didn't know they don't know so much stuff so um the commanders try to help them um know everything that they have to know by the time by the time of the veteran ceremony so yeah. such as marching um wearing the uniform they actually just got their uniform this week so wow. yeah i'm glad that you know they pulled that off um and how to salute customs and, those, and
1: courtesies yeah yes, absolutely customs, yeah. yeah
2: so um even though they didn't have their uniforms yet um we start them early with the marching and stuff that they need to know and the stuff they need to get done. And for us, since um, we had the experience of veteran ceremony um, for a couple of years ago, we had the idea of what to do and, you know, what to improve. So, for less than a, uh, less than a month...
0: So it wasn't, it's because you guys do this every year. This is a regular event for for the JFK uh, chapter. So you guys kind of have it down. You just know you got to get certain things done by a certain time. Are there any other big events of the year or is this the big one?
3: There's also the Air Force Ball, but that's going to be held from Tizan and not.
0: Okay, okay. Yes. Do you guys provide any support for that? Yes, or? I
3: okay. think we're just going
1: to collaborate and help them. And then alternate with... and like sharing the event. Okay, yes. so year, from year to year. So, okay. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow, great. Great. So, okay, final question. Final question. I've been hitting you guys with a lot of questions. <laughs> it's okay. But um, what do you want to be, like as your you're junior in high school right now, obviously things could change, but what Gosh. do you want to be um, – what are you thinking you're going to be after school? Agnes, what do you think you're going to be?
3: After high school? Yeah, after high school. I want to enlist in the Air Force, and I want to become a photographer because since seventh grade, I've been learning how to take pictures. And since freshman year, I've been doing all these clubs that require to take pictures. Yep. And that has led me to where I am now.
0: Yeah. I had a friend I've had two friends in the Air Force that did that and they loved it it was a very fulfilling career and one of them retired and I think he's in journalism now so yeah okay Precious what do you want to what do you want to be when you grow up
2: Uh, I ask myself (laughs) the same question but um, I think of joining the Air Force Academy and if that doesn't work out I will enlist to either Air Force or the Navy.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Air Force. Air Force. Yes. Okay. Daryl, what Air are Force. you thinking? What are you thinking when you get done with school?
1: Okay. So when I grow up, I want to be an uh, airline pilot. I want to. I also like making videos. I actually love making videos. I want to make YouTube videos and post them online. I think.
0: You could probably do both of those. Yeah. You could be like the YouTube pilot, you know, YouTube get like a million that's followers. So that's get that what gold I want. So
1: my YouTube channel is based on aviation.
0: That's cool. I like that. I like that. Well, you guys all three show great promise, and I pray that God really blesses you each. Thank you You're really, um, You do your school proud. You, your families must be very proud as well. So thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Really thank you, thank you. for inviting us. here. Yeah, you're welcome. That was Daryl, Precious, mom. and Angus. Sure, <laughs> go ahead. As the music plays, go ahead and play. Go ahead and say something to the people that might be listening later on. Daryl, what do you want to say? You got exactly three seconds. Huh? <laughs>
1: do
0: you want to say something like goodbye to your family or hi mom or you hi know? MSB. There you go. All right, there you go. Okay, Precious, I'll show you this later.
2: Um, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys are more interested or for Junior ROTC and support basketball's game
3: today at, G-
0: at oh JFK boy.
3: against the- GW.
2: Okay,
0: all right. Agnes?
3: Uh, there's Zumba tonight at JFK for close-up organization at 6? At 6 to 9 p.m. And half of the profits will We're be to will be To be Guam do- Cancer Care. Yes.
2: Excellent.
0: Okay, all right. Thanks, guys, for coming on the air today. really appreciate it. And listeners, that was the JFK High School Junior ROTC Uh, Three of their bright shining stars We're going to take a short break When we come back a little more live till 5 Talking about Veterans Day today And then the second hour talking about orphans And uh, foster care here on Guam So stick around, I'm Jared Baldwin, your host It is Friday, November 9th, 3.45pm Here at the KHMG Studios Episode 289, more after this And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday afternoon, November 9th, 3.48 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Well, that was fun. Daryl Hoyt, Cadet First Lieutenant. Precious Morales, Cadet Second Lieutenant. And Agnes Choi, Cadet Second Lieutenant. Three leaders in the JFK High School Junior ROTC program. And uh, all joking aside, their family should be very proud of them. They did a great job today at the event. And they, they really honored a lot of people, even the ones that weren't able to attend. Hopefully they'll get to hear about it and see it in the media and, and know that uh, there's about 250 young people that are, that are training to be the future leaders of America. Not just Guam, but America. I read an article on usnews.com, Three Things to Know About High School ju- Junior ROTC Programs. and starts off with this. Citizenship, leadership, character, and community service are the core tenets of high school Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps programs. The Junior ROTC is based on leadership. And uh, there are three things that high schoolers and their parents should consider about Junior ROTC before enrolling in a program. Number one, you need to know that there is no military obligation. Students who participate in the junior ROTC are not required to join the military after high school, and the program is not a military preparation class. But the program does have a strong military influence, and they're taught by retired military personnel and partially funded by the military. Coursework includes military history and customs. Students are required to wear a uniform at least twice a month. Students also partake in physical fitness training and drill instruction as well, among other activities. But they do not have to join the military, so they're not signing up to go into the military just because, again, the junior ROTC program. Second, the program emphasizes skills for life. In a junior ROTC class, students can build soft skills such as leadership, self-confidence, and discipline, qualities that are necessary to thrive in any career. And then third, junior ROTC can prepare students for post-high school success. And it just goes on, you know, for obvious reasons, the things that they learn as cadets are going to carry them through many challenges uh, throughout their young adult lives and beyond. And so I think it's really just a great program. It's a great opportunity for students to learn some skills that, you know, they might not just pick up as they go through life. They might not have been... Uh, trained In these things So Anyway I want to take a very short break I was really encouraged by that I want to kind of reset here Very short break Maybe a minute and Then we'll come back Wrap up this hour And then some of our Regular segments Will take place In the second hour We are looking At Veterans Day This Sunday And so we're going to be Talking about veterans issues Plus foster care And a host of other things Some Stranger Than Fiction stories Submitted by listeners So stick around More Live Till 5 After this short break Back with a little more Live Till Five. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 3.54 p.m. on this Friday, November 9th. Wrapping up the hour with a listener-submitted Stranger Than Fiction article from foxnews.com published earlier this week on the 6th. The article says this. Why not skip cooking Thanksgiving dinner altogether and instead just have your holiday meal in a can with Pringles' newest festive flavors? And I see a picture of three... Short Pringles cans that say Thanksgiving dinner, turkey in a can, stuffing in a can, pumpkin pie in a can. Last year, Pringles released the line of Thanksgiving dinner flavored chips to the media only. And some people raised a big stink because they wanted to try them too. This year, everyone can experience the thrill because the brand is releasing three of their exclusive Thanksgiving dinner Pringles flavors. Turkey, stuffing, and pumpkin pie online on November 6th. I'm going to try and order these online. Maybe we'll do a little taste test here on the radio. Daily Meal was among the lucky few who got to try the limited edition Thanksgiving dinner flavored Pringles in 2017, and they love them, and they kind of go on and talk about that. But uh, would you eat Thanksgiving flavored Pringles, turkey, stuffing, pumpkin pie? I remember probably 10 years ago, I walked into the the gas station, the Shell station that used to be by the old Citibank, down there by Burger King and the crust. And, uh, they had Jones soda, which some of the circle K's and things have Jones soda fountain drinks now, but this was Jones soda in the bottle. And at that time it was kind of a cool hipster, maybe, you know, generation X, depending on which bottle you got, uh, all these cool flavors and things. And they had Thanksgiving flavored Jones soda, if I'm remembering right. And that was like, um, cranberry and stuffing flavor turkey and gravy flavor uh, mashed potatoes flavor they had all these different unique stuffing flavors of jones soda and i'm it's a little foggy in my brain because i didn't buy all of them but i just remember seeing them remember reading about them but at least 10 years ago i remember seeing jones soda also coming out with thanksgiving flavors uh in their sodas for the holidays not everything's going to be pumpkin spice, by the way. Um, let's see here. Let me let me grab one more listener s- submitted article. So that that one, the Pringle story was a listener submitted article. Thank you, listener, for submitting that. Here's another one. This one was submitted all the way from the US. It's kind of a sad story, but it's interesting. Basically, it's from the BBC. Uh, India man-eating tigress killed after a huge hunt. And it's basically this story about how this giant tiger killed 13 people. Obviously, it's very sad. And it had to be shot, also sad. But one of the things they used to catch the killer tiger was Calvin Klein's Obsession for Men cologne. Obsession for Men cologne. They think that it attracted the tiger enough because they had tried... Capturing and killing this tiger, and um, tigress, I think they probably make a point to make sure, you know, it's a tigress, and that's how the Calvin Klein Cologne Obsession for Men ties into the story there. But they had tried, and they couldn't catch it, and so eventually, wildlife officials bought bottles of Obsession for Men by Calvin Klein, which contains a pheromone called civitone, and after an experiment, the U.S. suggested it could be used to attract jaguars, and so they did have to kill the tigress, but they, they were able to use this Obsession Cologne. Now, there are some some other articles, like, did that really help or not? Not sure. I think they just did it just in case. Like, couldn't hurt. So there were some good-smelling hunters, and they were able to get the tiger out of the jungle there and uh, save some other lives, though. So sadly, the tiger had to die, but no more people there in India had to Pass because of the tiger's nature there. So we are at the top of the hour. We're going to take a short break for Salem Radio Network News, and then we'll be in our second hour of Live Till 5. You're listening to us here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada, Guam. If you ever miss the show or part of the show, tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it, Saturday, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Or go to our website, khmg.org, and download the podcast. It'll be available a few hours after the show's over. You can download it, and uh, you can listen to it at your leisure. And uh, you can also just listen to our live stream right there on our website, khmg.org. And there are many other podcasts and resources available there on the website. I encourage you to check it out. Let us know you're listening. Go to our Facebook page, and follow us. Leave us a little message. Give us a little thumbs up. Something to let us know you're out there. Send us a private message. Give us your honest feedback. And uh, share our podcast with other people through your own social media. We really appreciate it when you do that. And we are going to take a break. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 289 on this Friday, November 9th. Be back after this short break. The second hour of Live Till 5, it's 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, November 9th, episode 289. Hard to believe we've had 289 episodes of this show. Um, I've been here for almost all of those. I've missed a few here and there, but uh, that's, that's a lot of time on the air. And For you listeners that have been listening since the beginning, since the early days, you know, we're still working out the bugs. We're still figuring it out as we go. Thank you for your patience so we're not we're not perfect, I mean, you know eventually we're, we're going to get good at it, yeah, you know we're yeah we, eventually we're, we're probably not going to be you know it's going to be a while yet, but winning any awards or anything, but you know the the awards that we want to win are in the hearts and minds of the listeners, not on the trophy shelves and the we're, glass cases, which things are vain they are they're yeah. all, and they're going to rust, but the memory right. of satisfied listeners will stay with me forever unless i forget do you know how many trophies we have <laughs> down in our trophy case
5: down at the gym yeah,
0: i do good don't. point none good of, point
5: none of them are from live
4: Tell five no, know no, that part. no 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 <laughs> no
0: well and it, it might be because this is so unique there's not much else out there quite like what we do no There no are a lot of things that have some familiarity to this yeah and there's nothing we do that's new. I mean we, we just borrow some good ideas from other places and then maybe some bad ideas from other places. But, you know, maybe they just haven't created an award that that fits what we do. I'm that sure they haven't. <laughs> the greatest reward we ever had was a cake, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we... we We've we
5: had a couple of sweets. You just missed a couple of them, though. The precise dates that we had. Oh, yeah.
0: It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, before we uh, get into our quiz with Sebastian Basildua here, um, I was looking back, because it is Veterans Day Sunday, I'm going to talk about that a little more, and our quiz might relate something to that. Are we a veteran-themed quiz, by the way? It's a Veterans Day quiz. Okay, awesome. Well, I was looking at the... World War I, so one of the World War I, the only American World War I memorials is where I'm from, in Kansas City, Missouri, and um, it kind of was in disrepair for years, and then they just, in the last decade, started putting money into it. It was kind of a forgotten thing. I had heard that the Korean War Memorial, actually, there wasn't even a Korean War Memorial for a long time, and it was kind of the same thing. It's kind of like, it was forgotten, memorials were not something they were putting a lot of money into... Uh, the Vietnam-era memorial was definitely... The wall, of course, was the big thing people were looking at. A lot of World War II stuff. So World War I was a little bit forgotten. And, and then the World War, II, World War I veterans were all passing away so quickly. Then I was curious, were there any remaining World War I veterans out there? That would make someone so old. I didn't think there was, and sure enough, there wasn't. Um, the last United States American soldier or sailor who passed away, who was a world war one veteran was Frank Buckles died on February 27th, 2011 at 110 years old. And I remember this. I remember the name Frank Buckles. He was kind of famous because he was the last living uh, world war I veteran in America. As I look back at uh, who was the last one to pass away altogether, it was in the United kingdom, Florence green, at 110 also died on february 4th 2012 so that was the last one i see on the list here to pass away uh at all but yeah so there are no more world war one veterans there might be some people alive that maybe were infants at that time or whatever but no more veterans from world war one and world war ii veterans are passing away at a a very high rate just because of the the age I've, i've seen that even here on guam as they would bring back World War II veterans for the Liberation Day parade, I think they've gotten less and less, and they've gotten more and more elderly and frail. And so, um, but I was thinking about that because I was sitting in this Veterans Day observance today at JFK High School with the ROTC, and there were some uh, Vietnam era vets. They recognized Korean War vets. I don't know if there were any there, but uh, and then of course more recent wars. But I don't even. Think there was a World War II vet there at the time, so because yeah. they'd be pretty old. So now Sebastian. Yes. This today, this quiz is just between me and Chris. It's the ultimate showdown. I'm <laughs> um, I'm um, the, yeah. the final countdown.
5: <laughs> sure. And it's called A Quiz About Veterans Day for Veterans. Of quizzes.
0: Oh. Hey, that's us. Yes. <laughs> We're ready. It's a quiz. And the listeners at home can play along. For veterans of quizzes. So if you're driving in your car and you're listening at home, you can play the at-home version of this game.
4: Which is what? Just listening and Just listening and blurting and out answers. And yelling
0: out at the radio. There yeah. you go. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm All primed. Right. I'm primed and ready. Probably, because...
4: Yeah, if this is uh, I'm I'm sort of you guys will see me checking my phone a little bit for the Portland Timbers versus Seattle Sounders match. And that's sort of the ultimate showdown in soccer. So I'm ready for this. I've already my mind is already in rivalry match
0: mode. Perfect. It's going to work. I think this is going to work. Awesome. Sebastian, here we go. the only missing ingredient is the quiz itself, so I know you won't disappoint. <laughs> I won't disappoint here. It better be good.
4: It better be worthy disappoint. of this kind of epic showdown. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> it is worthy. That's, all right, here we go. Question number one. What was the original name for Veterans Day? Soldier's Day, Day of Salute, Remembrance Day, or Armistice Day? Hmm... Soldiers' Day of Salute, Remembrance, or Armistice Day. Okay,
4: this is a tricky one because I think Memorial Day would have been. Oh, I shouldn't talk this out, should I?
0: No, because it's, it's you'll just give me. Him the no. It's just me. I've already made and those playing mistake the at-home version in this epic showdown. Well, that's what happens in rivalries. Sometimes yeah. you get your eye like yeah. you're already like at the. The passion is greater right. than your skill. You're picturing yeah, holding the, the trophy, and you haven't shot the penalty kick right. yet. Right. Yes. Okay, so
4: I'm going to do, uh, do Armistice Day.
0: Armistice Day. It is Armistice Day with the block.
5: <sighs> Correct. It is Armistice Day. Memorial Day
4: was
0: Remembrance Day, right? Well, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and Armistice Day before it was Armistice Day. Well, well I don't want to take your thunder cuz there you. might be something <laughs> else here.
5: Along with that, which US president changed the name from Armistice Day to Veterans ooh, Day? Ooh. Harry S. Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, or Franklin D. Roosevelt?
4: Okay, I, I have no idea of time periods here. Which president so, changed I mean, from I Armistice don't know. Veterans? I don't know the But I, I something about Truman it, it went through my mind. So I'm gonna say Truman because it's a guess.
0: That's a good that. This is a good question, Sebastian. It is. That's a very good, good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go because I don't want to just copy Chris. Uh, <laughs> he is he he. We we. It's going to be one of these two. It's either Truman Harry S yeah. or, and S doesn't stand for anything. Do you know that? That's why there's no period after just it. S, S is just his middle name. S, the letter S. Hmm. Anyway, wow. he's from Mine Town. Um, I am going to say Dwight D. Eisenhower.
5: Mm, that's interesting
0: because it is Dwight D. Eisenhower. Okay, <laughs> it, it had to be it because those those two. It had to be one of those two. All right, Change because it. they yep. because you had V E D A V J Day and they had to kind of combine all those uh, uh, observances with Armistice Day. Right.
5: Yeah. Um, so, what do the British call the day in November on which they commemorate veterans? Dedication Day, Military Day, Remembrance Day, or Armistice Day? What do the British call that day?
4: Wow, well, I see them wearing the poppies right now because right. even the soccer matches they have the little yeah. poppies printed right on the kit um, in Flanders I don't know fields. What they call it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um I'm gonna go counterintuitive and say Remembrance Day. Right. Um that seems counterintuitive, but I'm gonna do it.
0: Um but if you know this counterintuitive, then is it counter counterintuitive, which makes it intuitive? <laughs> I don't know. That's too much for my mind. Um, okay, I think it is that's like taking three lefts to end up back at the same spot you started at. Um anyway. Uh, I'm going to say it's Armistice Day in Europe. Hmm. Yes, well, Chris gets a point here. Ah, Keeping ah, the competition there you go. the counterintuitive the counter counter intuitive, going back
5: and forth. That's and right. Britain has right. What you need. Remembrance Sunday, usually on the second Sunday of November. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, yeah, little poppies so, for World War One.
0: I read in Flanders Fields the uh, the poem last year for Veterans Day, and it's a it's a very moving poem. Yeah. This one's a little harder. What was the first year observing
5: Armistice Day? 1915,
4: 1919, 1922, or
5: 1924? Okay, well, it had to be after World War I, right?
4: If I only so knew when that 19- was. Tw- <laughs> well, it would have been in the teens, so it would have been... Um, what was the...
5: Give me the choices one more time. 15, 19, 22, or 24. Again,
4: okay, I'm going to split the difference between 19 and 24 and say 22. 1922.
0: I'm going to say 19. 1919. 19. Hmm. Can't throw an extra 19 in there. It's a 191919. No, but you do get the point, Jed. <sighs> in 1918,
5: on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, an armistice or temporary cessation of hostilities was declared between the Allied nations and Germany in World War 1. Then known as the Great War. One year later, in November 1919, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed November 11th as the first commemoration of Armistice Day. Wow. Right after then, huh? Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: So that's interesting. Yeah. It so it's like the, fascinating. the year after yes. World War I ended. Yeah.
0: Makes sense, though. I mean, you had all these veterans, you wanted to honor them. Yep. yep. All right.
5: Uh, we got Chris at one and Jared two. Next question. Uh, there's two more questions, by the way. Okay. One of these states has more than 1 million veterans as part of its population. Which one? New York, Florida, Pennsylvania, or Illinois?
4: More than 1 million veterans. Um, it's just a guess, but I'm going to say New York.
0: I'm going to think, because I can talk it out because there's no one coming after me. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida because there are a few military bases there plus it's a logical place for old people that are retiring oh, to go good. to.
4: That's good logic um, right there.
0: And there are a lot of military golf courses which is a big deal to military retirees. I covered that logic. Military uh, uh, hospitals and military golf courses and and so they can live cheap in Florida. A lot of retirees there anyway, but fa- safe safe guess Florida.
4: It's this is about the time when you realize you should have thought about it.
0: Overwhelmed with remorse. <laughs> yes, I that have time. that feeling daily. <laughs> yeah, I as I walk out of that. the
5: cafeteria sometimes. Yeah. things like that. I wonder yeah. how many kids say that at, as they are going through their tests yes. at school. I yeah. should have thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Florida is the answer. Oh. It's it's home to more than 1.5 million veterans, 20 major military installations, and three unified commands. Yeah. So also, that,
0: Florida, also known as Heaven's Waiting Room. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. All
5: right. Well, one last question, even though Jared kind of already secured the victory. You can make this I, one
0: more three points, and then if Chris gets it, he can, he can uh, beat me. Yeah, it's not hard enough to be a multiple choice. <laughs> How about question? don't give us multiple choice? Just, uh, just give us the question. See if we can get it. If we can get it without multiple choice, you get three points. Okay, three points here. Um,
5: who was the president during World War I? president during world war I. <clears throat> Oh,
4: this this reveals the thing about this this is that's worse is this reveals your lack of history <laughs> from that era um and that's you know mm-hmm. that's that's good for to let the listeners know of your ignorance um no googling, It had Jared. to be. It had to be... <laughs> I'm getting a text. Oh. Had... Yeah, no googling. No, no, no.
0: It was about your 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 uh, oh, that okay. slumber party you're going to. You're, oh, okay. You're now in a different room. Okay, me? Yeah, oh, it, of It's course. Same group, same group, different yeah, room numbers. Course. Oh, all right. No, okay. you are in the same room. Okay, good. <laughs> slumber party.
4: Now people are wondering what's going on there. That's not a, not a good. Okay, um, president Pillow fight. during World War One was it was it was after teddy roosevelt it was who was after him taft I, was it taft I, I can't i'm just gonna say taft i don't know i mean was
0: it william howard taft um hmm. was
4: was taft after him or was it um this just william
0: henry harrison i mean it
4: makes you think to yourself grover cleveland when these mo- grover cleveland
0: there's was it? grover cleveland yeah taft you have uh, Harrison, who didn't he didn't live William very long. Henry Harrison. He died early, he died and that's early. Uh, that's how someone else became president. I think that's maybe how
4: that's usually how, how that works.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, like he died in <laughs> office, like shortly into his. I okay, I and we already said you already said Woodrow Wilson signed the Armistice Day made not a holiday in 1920, but, but it I think was that was an election for year for several years. Yeah, so I believe the year before that you would have had. Uh, Keeping it cool with Calvin Coolidge. Whoa. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, the correct answer is
5: Wilson. Oh, Woodrow
0: it was Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. He, he put it into 1919. If, if he was a snake, he would have bit us in the face if he was a snake. mentioned him. That's I know. I talked it. through Known
5: it. Known as the 28th U.S. president, led America through World War I and crafted the, how do you say it? Versailles. Versailles. Versailles Treaty of Versailles. Treaty. Yep. The Versailles Treaty's 14 points, the last of which was creating a League of Nations oh, to yeah. ensure world peace. I underlined, highlighted, capitalized, bolded the ensure part of yeah. ensuring world peace okay. for the League of How Nations. How did that work out? <laughs> and so with that, Jared has ensured his victory. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Even though I stumbled at the end, <laughs> I, I had enough of a, a lead there already secured. So I'm going to bounce some Veterans Day stuff off of you guys, because it's just more fun when we can talk about it together. You know, sometimes I'm just in here, it's just me and the microphone and millions of listeners, but there's no one to bounce stuff off of. So I want to have at least, plus then I can add you guys to the list of listeners if if you stay in here. So Veterans Day facts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see here. It was Armistice Day. I did not look at this. I'm just reading it now, but uh, November 11, 1919. Congress passed a resolution in 1926 for the observance. Unlike Memorial Day, Veterans Day pays tribute to all American veterans, living or dead, but especially giving thanks to living veterans who served their country honorably during war or peace. So Memorial Day really does honor those that made the ultimate sacrifice. But Veterans Day, it's anyone that served at any time, men and women. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, 1968, the Uniform Holidays Bill was passed by Congress, which moved the celebration of Veterans Day to the fourth Monday in October. The law went into effect in 71, but in 1975, President Gerald Ford returned Veterans Day to November 11th due to the important historical significance of the date. So I don't know why Congress moves stuff around and then it has to get moved back. Uh, Let's see here. Great Britain, France, Australia, and Canada also commemorate veterans of World War One, World War II on or near November 11th. Canada has Remembrance Day, while Britain has Remembrance Sunday. There you go. Yeah, and, I think we pulled a little bit from the same uh, info yes, there. Yes, probably did. 16.1 million living veterans served during at least one war. 5.2 million veterans served in peacetime. 2 million veterans are women. 7 million served during the Vietnam War. 5.5 million veterans served during the Persian Gulf. I was uh, active duty during that time, but I did not have to go. Uh, Of the 16 million Americans who served during World War II, 558,000 still alive. Two million veterans served during the Korean War, kind of the overlooked uh, war. Six million veterans served in peacetime. As of 2014, 2.9 million veterans received compensation for service-connected disabilities. What a lot of people don't realize is that one lingering benefit for serving your country is you do have what they call VA benefits, which is the GI Bill, if you if you were honorably discharged, GI Bill. So that allows you to go to college in different eras if you paid in. So when I went into the Air Force, I paid in $100 a month for my first 12 months in the Air Force, which I was only making like $300 take home. So that was a big sacrifice. But I was like, well, I do want to go to college someday. Well, that $1,200 investment, Montgomery GI Bill, by the time I went to college in 1995, five years later, was worth about $24,000. Single best investment you can make. After that, the post-9-11 GI Bill, exponentially higher than that. Great, great benefits. And you can pass it down to your children as well. So, uh, GI Bill is one of the VA benefits. Another one is VA healthcare. So... The four years I was in college, I was married with one child. We didn't have health insurance. But anytime I got sick, I could go to the VA hospital, free health care for me, for life. I can yeah. I can use it today. It's just because I have health insurance, I don't need it. Yeah. But if I'm ever uninsured, I can go to the VA hospital. Uh, another one is the VA home loan program, where I can get a loan, and instead of having to be co-signed, like let's say I didn't have great credit or something, and someone yeah. might, my parents might want to co-sign to help us get in the house... Don't need that. The federal government actually co signs because you're a veteran. They kind of give you a, a leg up on securing your financing and they secure a fixed lower interest rate loan for you. Uh, one loan at a time it has to be your primary residence, but you get the uh, VA home loan program. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one, which is probably the most overlooked. But it is a, a real benefit is VA cemetery benefits, mm-hmm. so if you're familiar with how much it costs to bury a loved one and all the the headaches and stuff that go with that, uh, VA cemeteries, if you served your country, country honorably, you can uh, be buried in a veteran cemetery at no cost. Yeah. and uh, that's, the, that's the grave marker and everything, and that's worth a lot to families if there's a nice veteran cemetery in your area, obviously. It might not be a great benefit to everybody.
4: This this doesn't count as a benefit, but it's something that's cool is that my dad died in July and he was a veteran, uh, spent most of the Korean War on Guam, actually. And um, the uh, honor guard comes and does uh, full Mm. military honors at his funeral. And it was it was just a really neat moment, actually, to have that. And so that's kind of a kind of a neat
0: thing as well for veterans. Absolutely that is uh you know it's one of those things that at a time where every little thing that could be special is really needed yeah it is. that's that's a neat thing I, I um my wife's grandfather my both of my grandfathers my wife's grandfather served in World War two um we just when we were in the states recruiting, we stopped through Kansas City for two days to visit family, and uh, we pulled out an old family Bible that they had that had been in a fire and had gotten water damage and things like that, open it up, and in the Bible it had written uh, my wife's grandfather's service record. Now, he had told me, I worked for him in a landscaping company back in the 80s, and he told me he had been stationed in Guam as a dental assistant Hmm. during World War II, I told my wife that and my family, and a lot of them were like, no, that can't be right. I mean, yeah. you know, and after a while, you, you hear so many stories, it's like, maybe I imagine that part about Guam or whatever. Um, But what ended up happening was we opened up the family Bible, and there, sure enough, it listed his rank, the dates he was stationed in Guam, and he was a dental assistant at the um. Uh, in uh, they, it's not the infirmary. I'm forgetting the name of the. It's it's, it's a it's a military name, but it's it's kind of like an infirmary magazine or something they call it. But he was actually stationed here on Guam in World War II. Yeah. So to have a grandfather here, it's just it just kind of You try and go back in your mind, what would that have been like, and things like that. So it's it's neat. And the reason I brought that up was we have when he passed. The U.S. military actually provided an American flag, folded up, you know, yeah. and presented that to my wife's grandmother when he passed away. And he had served during World War II. He was a combat veteran. Um, there are different ways of looking at veterans. I'm just a – I was a prior military guy. I am a veteran, and I've, I've enjoyed the benefits of that. But my, my contribution, my sacrifice – was nothing like what maybe a combat veteran, someone that actually had to see action, someone that their life was on the line. Um, I have many friends that have sacrificed time away from home, deployed for a year or something like that, but never faced combat. So there's all these different layers, and you kind of go through these different layers of respect amongst military people, and the the ones that have been in combat and wounded um, are and and still alive, like Purple Heart award winners, sure. or they've they've won some kind of, they've been awarded something. Those are the ones that kind of just, everyone just kind of stands back and lets them pass through because they're just so, you just admire the sacrifice they made. And they didn't go into it thinking, hey, I'm just going to go sacrifice. I'm going to go get shot or whatever. Um, there were some people at this event today that were from the Order of the Purple Heart. the mm-hmm. Purple, Purple Heart recipients. And you'll notice if you go to dmv here i believe purple heart recipients i think they get their license plates free yeah um and it is identified on their license plate and so it's it's quite the honor and they've they've uh paid they've they've paid dearly sometimes for those that respect so anyway i'm going to talk a little more about veteran stuff when i come back including today i got to meet the first I've never met a Gold Star family today, and I'm going to explain a little bit about that um, experience when I come back. So, Sebastian, thanks for providing the quiz for of us. Of course. Really appreciate it. Chris, thanks for being here today as well. Yeah. Listeners, stick around. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more Live Till 5, talking about Veterans Day, going to wrap that up, talk about the Gold Star family I met, talk a little bit about Orphan Sunday as well, some of the stats here on Guam and abroad. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. We're back with a little more Live Till 5, Friday, November 9th, 433 p.m., episode 289. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. If you ever have to leave your car radio, but you're going to be near a computer, you know you can go to khmg.org, click on the Listen tab, and listen to a beautiful stereo stream of our radio broadcast 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore. And this is how many people listen at work or... Maybe around the house, they can just tune their computer to it, and it's a great way to listen. Also, let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. and We're on Instagram and Twitter and things like that as well, but we just love to hear from you, and uh, we're very accessible. You can always come visit the radio station as well during business hours, Monday through Friday here on the third floor, straight above the hub here at the Harvest Ministries campus. Pew Research Center. Released uh, about a year ago, an article titled, The Changing Face of America's Veteran Population by Kristen Blalick. And you can look this up, the Pew Research Center. Number one, uh, Gulf War-era veterans now account for the largest share of all U.S. veterans, surpassing Vietnam-era veterans in 2016, according to the Veterans Affairs 2016 Population Model Estimates. As of last year, there were 6.8 million American veterans who served during Vietnam and 7.1 million who served during the Gulf War era, which spans from August 1990 through the present. I joined the Air Force in August of 1990. August 13th. Let's see here. Next. Pew Research. The demographic profile of veterans is expected to change over the next few decades. And, uh as you look at, they have some, they have some things here, but basically, in the year 2016, the era of earliest service, 4% World War Two, 8% Korea, 33% Vietnam, 33% Gulf War, and uh, 23% other peacetime, the era of earliest service in the year 2045, so about 27 years from now, 4% will be the Korean War, Vietnam will be Gulf War, no, Vietnam will be 4%, Gulf War will be 58%, 27% will be post-Gulf War, and other peacetime, 11%. Right now, the age breakdown demographically, 27% are are, uh, under 50 years old. 50 to 69 years old represents 39% of the population of veterans, 70-plus, 34% of the veterans. It's almost going to be the same in 2045. Ethnically, in the year 2016, 77% of all veterans were non-Hispanic whites. 7% were Hispanic, 12% black, and 2% Asian, according to this Pew Research. But in the year 2045, the non-Hispanic whites will drop to 64%. Hispanic will increase to 13%. Black will increase to 16%, and Asian will increase to 3%. Quite a change there. And then the gender difference. Women make up 9% of the veteran uh, population right now, and 91% are still men, whereas in 27 years, it should be about 18%. So the percentage of women veterans will double, where the percentage of men veterans will go down by about 9 points there. Here's an interesting, interesting fact. I don't know how I feel about this. Fewer members of Congress have prior military experience than in the past. As the share of Americans who are veterans has declined, so has the share of Congress members who have previously served in the military. In the current Congress, 20%—now this would have been before this election this week— 20% of senators, 19% of representatives have prior military, down drastically from just a few decades ago. The share of senators who are veterans reached a post-Korean War peak of 81% in 1975, while the share among House members was 75% in 1967. But there are some signs that more veterans will run for office. Number five, and this is kind of a sad, sad one to end on, but this is from the Pew Research article here. The Department of Veterans Affairs receives a low favorability rating. While the public expresses favorable views of many federal agencies, the VA received the lowest rating among 10 agencies and departments in a Pew Research survey. Earlier this year, roughly half of U.S. adults, 49%, had a favorable view of the VA, and 34% expressed an unfavorable view. As with all agencies and departments in the survey, there were partisan differences. Republicans and Republican-leaning independents expressed lower favorability of the VA, 40%, Democrats higher at 60%. Americans continue to see veterans' services as an important priority. A majority of people, 75%, said that if they were making a federal budget, they would increase spending for veterans' benefits and services, the highest share of all 14 programs uh, of spending for veterans' benefits services, the highest share of all 14 program areas, including in the survey, as well as the highest level of support for increased spending on veteran services since the Pew Research first started asking the question in 2001. So uh, just very interesting that the the face of the veteran population is changing. Now... If you follow me on Facebook, Jared Baldwin on Facebook, I'd encourage you to go there. Um, I don't write anything profound. I don't regularly post um, on a daily basis. I try to repost sparingly. Um, usually I use it as a way to encourage people. I try never to get political or have anything harsh. I just really don't think I would ever convince someone of anything good through Facebook by being harsh or rude. Um I'm very careful about reposting or liking things because I don't want that to have a fallout. But I did feel compelled today to write about this brief experience. And I don't mean to make this about myself because this really isn't about me. But on the other hand, my my feelings about what happened was so kind of caught me off guard. I guess if I would have been thinking about this, maybe I, I could have... Um, kind of measured where this was going to head. But basically, I went to this Junior ROTC Veterans Day ceremony at John F. Kennedy High School today, and it was done great. And we talked about that in the first hour and we had the three cadets here. During the time where the MC introduces dignitaries, there were a lot of very respectable dignitaries there. There were some new senators. uh, There were some veteran senators There was the head of a large government agency there. There was the principal of the school. Um, There were mayors there. And then they had these other wonderful people. They had active duty military, different branches. They had reservists. They had retirees, people that served their country for extended periods of time and were able to retire from the military. You had a few people like me that were prior veterans, or we were prior active duty or reserve, so I'm a veteran, but I'm not a retired veteran. I kind of feel like I was at the lowest level there. You know, I just didn't put in as much as some of these other people did. But then as they were recognizing the Order of the Purple Heart, and a few men stood up, and and some ladies, I believe they were spouses, these people were wounded in action in the military during wartime. Just amazing. But then they said they read um and members of the and and forgive me if i don't get the name of the organization right i i the idea was the gold star family organization here on guam gold star families and this couple stood up a gentleman stood up and his wife and uh it just struck me although i i had a friend that passed away in the military during desert storm um through an accident, and I know like even our library here at Harvest Christian Academy is named after someone that passed away during war. Um, the road that our school and church is located on, Sergeant Roy T. Damian Jr. Street, named after someone that passed away during wartime. So I've met people, family members and things like that, and have known people that have died during war, things like that, but I've never actually met, to my knowledge, a Gold Star family. Now, Gold Star family, that's the term— for uh, a family member who has lost um, a a close relative during wartime, um, killed in action. And um, this couple stood up and stood at attention right there on the front row as they read Gold Star Family. And then they sat back down, very humble. And I was just thinking how... You know, there were hundreds of high school students in the gym, and I think it kind of just, it passed so quickly because there were so many other people recognized, and, and and nothing wrong with that. But it hit me a little stronger, and I realized I had never met a Gold Star family before, at least not ones that had been identified to me. So after the whole ceremony and they did a parade at the end and things like that, we went back to a... A room where we kind of congregated for some refreshments, and I couldn't stay long. But right in front of me, in line, was the gentleman. We were some of the first ones back in the room. The gentleman who stood up when they mentioned Gold Star family. And so I just kind of worked up my courage. I followed him. to. He got away from the food table a little bit, and I just asked him if he was a uh, Gold Star parent. And he said, yes, he was. And he told me that his son had passed away um, in the military. And then he introduced me to his wife. And I wrote about this experience on my Facebook page. So I'd encourage you to check out my Facebook page, uh, Jared Baldwin. And um, you can see the little statement I wrote, wrote about it. But I got back to the car and I was just so moved by the whole experience. And it was such a brief encounter. And again, I didn't do anything other than meet these people and say a few things that I couldn't really get the words out. But then when I... I wanted to make sure I spelled their name right when I Facebook posted here. Well, the Guam Daily Post, a year ago, the post-guam, www.postguam.com, wrote an article on November 11th, 2017, No Greater Love, A Soldier's Ultimate Sacrifice. And they talk about this family. The parents of Army Sergeant Joshua Oconee Sablon- Luke Lucela, was killed in Afghanistan. Dorothy and Tony Lucela surround their home with memorials of their eldest son, Army Sergeant Joshua Oconee Sablon Lucela, Remembered as a quiet, respectful young man, Simon Sanchez, high school graduate, and um, he passed away in Afghanistan. And I would encourage you, I put a link to the newspaper article uh, in my post, but he was... He was a, a combat veteran, and he passed away uh, in Afghanistan. He survived Iraq, so he had been in, in a war zone in Iraq, had come back, and then got deployed to Afghanistan. He was killed in 2010 while in a Humvee after an IED, that's an improvised explosive device, struck his vehicle, killing all inside. Sergeant Lucela of the 101st Airborne Division's air assault team was only 23 years old. And um, this article on the Guam Post, I would really encourage you to read it. It's a great honor to this young man and to the parents. And um, I just never anticipated the the mixed emotions I would have talking to someone that was a Gold Star parent. And I'm sure if you're talking to a gold star spouse or where they lost their spouse to war or something like that, that'd be equally as moving. But uh, it just caught me, I think, because the nature of the day was so patriotic. I mean, we had sang our our anthems uh, from our branch of service. I got to sing, you know, um, the Wild Blue Yonder uh, with a bunch of other, all the the ROTC program at John F. Kennedy High School I happens to be Air Force Base, so they all sang the song, which was pretty awesome, and then there was a great, uh, the, v- I think is the name of the group, uh, that sang at John F. Kennedy, and they sang the national anthem so beautifully. They sang a hymn that was just amazing in Chamorro, and so I think just the whole, right before the final parade, they had, uh, uh, Lee Greenwood's Proud to be an American uh, song playing and then the the flag and just stirred with patriotism and gratitude for being uh, part of the United States and having been able to serve in the United States military. That was just a great blessing to be a, a former airman, uh, five years active duty, five and a half years in the Air National Guard in Wisconsin and Missouri, and to be surrounded by people that had sacrificed so much more. And then to meet these gold star parents. It just really was very moving. I don't mean to prolong the discussion, but I think it's a little bit cathartic for me just to talk about it, because it is Veterans Day on Sunday, and we're going to be honoring uh, veterans uh, who are, and people that are currently serving in our church service, and um, we like to think of ourselves as a patriotic ministry. We really do appreciate and try to honor those uh, people that are out there sacrificing, but Today, it just went to a whole new level because meeting these Gold Star parents really made an impact on me, and I just want to pass that on to people that do follow me on Facebook or do listen to this show. I would really, really encourage you to read the article in the Guam Daily Post. I think it honors his memory, and it honors the parents that are um, really promoting his legacy as a son of Guam. And that's probably enough said. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Orphan Sunday Which is happening here At Harvest And really all across America this weekend So stick around A little more live Till five after this Short break
4: Walk with me Lord God walk with me Walk with me Lord God walk with me While I'm on this old teacher's journey I want Jesus to walk with me Take my hand, Lord, take my hand.
0: And we're back with a little more Live Till Five. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 289 on this Friday, November 9th, 4.50 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Really enjoyed talking about veterans and ROTC. I'd like to move on now to talk a little bit about orphans and foster care. This Sunday is Orphan Sunday. Uh, Many churches across the nation will be emphasizing the plight of orphans, modern day orphans, foster children, and raising an awareness uh, that there's a need for more people to get involved, donate their time and their homes, and and uh, ways to to help that community. And so I won't say much more about that. If you listen to our Harvest Time interview, you get to hear Josh and Bethany Taylor, who are really at the heart of our Harvest House ministry. Let me just share just a little bit with you about why children are removed from homes. And this is from the American SPCC, American Society for Positive Care of Children. Did you know the number one reason children are removed from homes is neglect? 61%. Now, there can be multiple reasons, so these numbers don't all add up to just be uh, 100%, but neglect, 61% of the children removed from their homes are because of neglect. According to the 20. 16 AFCAR report. Um, Again, these aren't mutually exclusive categories. Neglect, 61%. Drug abuse by parents, 34%. Caretakers' inability to cope, 14%. Sometimes the parent is uh, too young, or the parent is, uh, or the caretaker, maybe the grandparent, is taking care of a child. Physical abuse, sadly, 12% of all children removed from homes have been physically abused child behavior problem, 11%. Inadequate housing, 10%. We became foster parents because of that situation. Parent incarceration, this happens a lot more than you realize. Every time you see bad news on the front page of the paper, oftentimes there's a foster child anonymously tied to that story. Parent incarceration is 8% of all children removed from home. Alcohol abuse by the parent, 6%. Abandonment, 5%. With the new safe haven law uh, by Senator uh, Mary Torres, um, that hopefully will help that a little bit. Sexual abuse, 4%. Drug abuse by the child, 2%. Child disability, 2%. Relinquishment, 1%. Parent death, 1%. Alcohol abuse by the child, 1%. But neglect being 61%. Drug abuse, 34%. Caretaker inability to cope, 14%. Physical abuse, 12% as the top four reasons children are removed from homes. It's no wonder that the statistics, this is from last year, so a complete year in 2017, here on Guam, there were 1,471 referrals of child abuse and neglect involving 2,205 children here on Guam. As of today, Child Protective Services, there are 235 foster children on island. 235. 162 of those children are 0 to 11 years old, 73 are 12 and older. On Guam, there are 34 active licensed foster families. Do the math. 2,205 children were involved in these different referrals of child abuse last year. 235 are in the Child, child Protective Services system. 235 are foster children. Only 34 active licensed foster families. Out of the 34 active licensed foster homes, um, Harvest has uh, 11 foster families and 15 foster children. When no one is willing or able to take a child, CPS calls one of the two shelters, which many times are full. Every one of the 235 children has suffered from abuse, neglect, or abandonment, and/or abandonment. Each one of them has a need to belong to a family that will provide stability, faith, and love. And then there are some stats that have come out uh, just since 2018 has begun. So the year's not even over yet. But fiscal year 2018, there are already 1,364 referrals, 2,039 children involved. We we are going to surpass the numbers of abuse and neglect reported last year if these numbers hold true. And I guess all of that to just say as Christians— We do have a responsibility to help the fatherless and the widows in our community. We can't just count on the government to do it. Uh, God has equipped Christians to do so much to help the fatherless and the widows, and it's really a mandate for the church. Not everyone's going to be able to take children into their homes. That takes a special calling uh, to be able to, to bring children into your home, that's not something, that's not a decision you just make lightly. Um, it, it, these children, most of the time, are coming with baggage, and you have to be prepared for that. You have to get some support. You need some wrap around families. You need some prayer support. You need some spiritual strength. So not everyone's going to take children into their home, but everyone can do something. With 235 children in the system already, and only thirty four foster families and two shelters, you know that the need to just help encourage and provide for some of the just the little things that make a big difference in these families it's real, and there's a great opportunity so I'd encourage you this sunday uh we're gonna be talking about foster care and the need for Um, orphan ministry uh, in our church. I know other churches here on Guam and abroad will be doing the same thing. Uh, You can contact us here at Harvest anytime, 477-6341. We'll patch you through to uh, Josh and Bethany Taylor or Amanda over at Harvest House, and we will get you connected to someone that can answer questions about foster care. You can come by and see us. If you have donations you'd like to make, we ask that the donations be... The same type of thing you would give to your own children. So new or nearly new. We take car seats and toys and clothes and toiletries. Uh, We just ask that you be very conscious. These are things that we want. We want these kids to get the best. They've already received the worst in life. We want to give them the best. So if it's toiletries, please, new things. Um, Clothes, new or nearly new. Uh, Toys, no broken toys and we we really want to make sure that we're passing on things that are really going to help. You can donate financially to Harvest House. It's a 501c3 and you make your donation and it's tax deductible and it helps with uh servicing and encouraging, training, recruiting and supporting every foster family on Guam. And we'd love to be able to partner with you. If you want to know more, I'm I'm part of the Harvest House organization. I'm on the board. Bethany and Josh Taylor, you can just contact Harvest Baptist Church. Go to our Facebook page. Look up Harvest House on Facebook, and you can contact us through there as well, or just stop by our campus during business hours. We'd love to give you a tour, show you what's going on there. It's the end of year. It's a great time to give and think about those that have less than what you have and be an encouragement to those people. You know, it's it's a real need here on Guam. We're not trying to exaggerate or twist anyone's arm. We have a burden for these children, and it's not hard. If you have seen just one child coming through the system, it's not hard to just have your heart totally, totally just given towards loving and helping these kids and their families, the foster parents. Most of these foster parents, they're not people with big mansions and lots of money. They just have a little bit of room. They just have a little bit of space, but they have a lot of love and they could use a lot of support So we'll see you Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. here at Harvest Baptist Church. We're going to be emphasizing not only Veterans Day, but also Orphan Sunday. It'll be a great day. So please, come see us here at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. And that'll do it for Live Till 5. Episode 289 on this Friday, November 9th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to the Junior ROTC. Students as well, Agnes, Daryl and Precious, thanks for coming by today. Chris, Sebastian as well. You guys have a great weekend. You're listening to us on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada, Guam. Have a great weekend.